Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Paul, Sherry, Mario, and Morton to discuss the topic of developer communities. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Sherry, would you like to kick us off? Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Sherry List. I'm working as a program manager at Microsoft. And I've been to the like a IT industry for over 20 years, working in various different roles, all over from developers to uh, DevRel and uh, program management. And uh, I'm also chairperson of an organization called Hack Your Future Denmark, uh, where we have a mission to uh, help people from disadvantaged group to uh, gain all the skills they need in order to join the job market as a developer. Um, I co-created, co-organized uh, various different uh, community-driven initiatives, such as Azure Heroes program, uh, NG Vikings conference, NG Copenhagen conference, uh, actually NG Copenhagen community, not conference, sorry, <laughs> and uh, Women Take Maker Denmark, Fordex community, and so on. Uh, since I have a lot of work, uh, a lot of time in my life, I also recently co-founded a startup called Synthetic AI Data. Uh, yeah, that's me. Thank you, Sherry, and thank you for taking out busy time of your schedule and, and fitness in today. It's really great to have you on. Mario, over to yourself next. Yes, uh, I am Mario. I, I work mostly as a senior consultant at NetLight. Um, the idea is like, kind of like to help companies like from the software part as a and software engineer, sorry. Um, I'm quite geeky on that, but like also lately more about the or um, organical growth of companies. So basically more about coaching and, and uh, helping the tech leaders to actually uh, pinpoint the, the, the different challenges within the companies. Let's say that is one of the major, right? Like kind of like takeovers when uh, you have fresh eyes from outside and you can get some advice. Um, besides uh, work and, and uh, you know, like consultancy, I would say that I, I really, when I think about that more than 10 years, uh, helping to <laughs> open communities, mostly I, I started with the Google Developers Group. That's how I met part of the, the people here, this group. And uh, also the here in Copenhagen, we had the Copenhagen, the, what the, we had the JavaScript group, so to speak, that uh, kind of like encapsulated most of the technologies, web technologies that we had these days. And uh, well, like the, the whole point of this is like um, now that we learn a lot and we had the chance to enjoy, kind of give back a little, by, a little bit to the community and share with others uh, how exciting it is and how many opportunities brought to us. Let's say that that way. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, it's great to have you on here as well, Mario. Morton, we're over to you next. Yeah, uh, my name is Morten Christensen, uh, based in Copenhagen. I work for a company, a small company called Novo Nordisk, <laughs> or a big company, however you look at it. Uh, but I only just recently joined as uh, what's called digital engineering and people leader, uh, which is an engineering manager uh, role uh, where I help uh, lead or manage uh, a team or three teams actually. Uh, working on a system um, that uh, helps us do clinical trials uh, at Novo Nordisk. 
Uh, I have a developer background, uh, worked as a developer, uh, architect, team lead, uh, all kinds of things over the, the past many years. Um, and I've uh, been part of uh, organizing uh, .NET user group meetups and Azure user group meetups uh, since 2014. Thank you, Morton. Real pleasure having you on today. Uh, and last but not least, Paul. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Paul. Um, I uh, come from a designer background, uh, transitioned this eventually into front-end development, and uh, I'm a curious person, so I'm always uh, on a curiosity journey that led me where I am today. Um, so uh, I'm a tech lead uh, focusing on DevOps currently with uh, Banking Circle. Um, on top of that, I would have to say here that I'm like the least experience of uh, uh, everyone here when it comes to developer communities. I, I was always, again, curious, got involved with uh, Copenhagen JavaScript. Um, and then uh, right now I'm also organizing a Copenhagen React meetup. Um, so yeah, that's why you probably will find my questions a bit uh, childish or like beginner-like. Thank you, Paul. And it's a hat trick of um, podcasts now for Paul. This is his third time uh, on the Evolution Exchange. So really appreciate you coming back and hopefully everyone today can have just as good a time as, as you have had previously. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now that we've established a context around each view, let's move on to the topic in focus. Developer communities, we all have kind of a subtopic actually around um, different parts of developer communities, which is a bit of a change up on, uh, on the normal style that we have. But I'm interested to see curious as paul says to see how it goes so paul i believe we're coming to your first subtopic which is how to start and grow and drive engagement within a community and I'm going to hand over to you to kind of lead some questions thank you sam uh so basically me being uh, quite new when like uh, well in the community's uh, aspect like organizing and you know maintaining uh, I'm, I'm quite uh, I always wondered how hard is it from your perspective to to start something completely new? Like I'm fortunate enough to uh, not have to start something uh, brand new, uh, but I just feel like in 2023, it's, um, there's so much uh, influx of information from all directions that you can easily get uh, annoyed by it. And then, yeah, how, how would you approach starting in, uh, something new today? Maybe, uh, Sherry, would you like to go first? And... Sure. Um, first, in my opinion, starting anything new is always challenging. And especially when we are talking about the community, we're normally talking about 
um, a group of volunteers that they gather together and do something because of the passion that they have. And and then normally um, there is also no like a financial attachment to it. So you totally need to find people that they have that much of passion that help you to go through all the stages of securing a speaker, securing venue, do marketing for the community, and, and so on, which is which is pretty tough in my opinion. Um, I mean, doesn't matter. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, that is, uh, we are in a year of influx of a lot of in, information. It's, it's difficult to, to actually gather the attention uh, from the people and among all the all the thing that is happening, creating a community that people choose to go there. Um, so to me, the toughest part is that forming that group of co-organizers. And, um, and I know uh, Mario and Martin has a lot of things to, to, to add on that topic as well, to how, how actually how they created that, uh, finding that uh, those funding members, their communities. Thank you. Mario, uh, just let like? me jump here and um, I always just remember like people that it's the first time that hear me here like I am sometimes too direct <laughs> hopefully that's uh, well received uh, uh, let, let me like how like you say start a developer community right so let's put me in three different phases right because it depends you can maybe feel attached to one of these so why is when you're at the university university usually provide free offices, sometimes like uh, actually get some kind of budget for food. So that is related to how you use the premises, right? Uh, but the most important is like, let me start again. To start developer community, you only need one person, you and another person. That That is a community. Like it's just, you are two people, that is a community, okay? So you don't need more than that. It, it's not about numbers, it's about like, like people passionate about it. So then the three things that the three different areas that, that I would say is like, why is university? So you always have those things around university that you can get for free and you can start your community. The other part could be companies. So companies usually provide a small group. That is a developer group. It's not open public yet, but you have a developer group, right? A community within that and later you can extend it. And the third part would be like when we started, for example, with the uh, free tools like Meetup. For example, not to promotion specifically that, but that's one they have the experience that you can post there and you try to find people. Later, we'll talk about how you can sustain these events that can be challenging. But the startup community is no more than just find another person that's passionate as you, and that's all what you need. You will figure out the rest over the time. Um, let's go to jump into Morten, so I don't want to take too much time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I would also say that, I mean, uh, meetup.com is a good place to start because you can easily go in there and create a group and then uh, write about what, what's it about and what's the topics that you want to discuss. And then that will flow out into all of the members who are already on meetup.com. Uh, and if there are people who are interested in whatever it might be, so if, if you're starting something related to React or Vue.js or .NET or whatever it might be, um, people will then likely get a notification or see that a new community popped up in Copenhagen, uh, which uh, centers around these topics. So, so that's a good way to get started. And then people will likely start because it sounds interesting, um, start joining that group and just to uh, to to uh, get an idea of what it's about and 
uh, what meetups might pop up um, and then kind of take it from there. Um, and I mean, another way could also be to reach out uh, to the people who join the group. Uh, I guess as we are in Denmark, people are maybe a little bit uh, reserved, <laughs> but uh, it could be uh, a way to to reach out to to people and ask them if if they would join, uh, if if you meet up just to discuss topics, uh, just very informal to start with, um, just to get an idea of what people are interested in. Uh, so just not having like the traditional. Uh, talk with a speaker that's very official with PowerPoint, but does actually meet up uh, and talk with people about uh, the ideas that they have. I think that's that's a good way of, of starting a community, sharing ideas. Thank you. I think very, very good uh, uh, points over there. Yeah, Mario. I, I totally agree with Martin, actually. He made a very good point that he said, just reach, for example, another community. You have already communities in Copenhagen. And when we talk about developer communities, not about who get more followers or things like that, we actually will talk about that. But we collide different communities into one, so to speak, and we work together instead of fighting each other. And Morten made a very good point. Why not just to ask one of those persons that had the experience to help you out to start yours? That's a super good point. Yes, Sherry? I just wanted to also um, mention that when I, when I, when I, when I talk about NG Vikings, that's actually the conference that has started exactly like that. So we were a bunch of organizers of uh, Angular communities around Nordics. We decided to actually join join each other and then try to to make a bigger meetup uh, because because flying over speakers is not always so easy. And then we just said that if we join our forces together, we can make a bigger meetup and and then fly over more more speakers here. And uh, and also to your point, Mario, that universities are the first place to start. That's also what we did with the NG Vikings as well. We secured that venue for free. Because when you're when you are saying to and, and telling people that yeah this is community this is out of our passion we love this this is not tied to any financial place there are more and more people that help you there so we got the venue for free we got a lot of sponsorship from various different companies and it all came from different members of the community when they found that ah oh, they want to do this let me go and talk to my company maybe they can sponsor and then all of a sudden we had all the things that we wanted to have in order to to run a conference and we were all first timers to to do that and it worked out because people loved we we did a lot of mistakes i i actually at one time i gave a talk about that as well that how we did it uh, from scratch we even for you to know we even brew our coffees on our own and i don't recommend you uh we said that we will clean the place on ourselves i don't recommend you um but yeah so that that happens when you we put a bunch of passionate people together in one place a lot of good <laughs> things come out of it i love thank that Shira. yes thank you so much and uh, that's very good point these days people talk about what how they succeed but like it's a lot of try and error a lot of failing in the meantime that's how you learn that frustration is good it's good to learn though the frustrations <laughs> so that's good i think this also kind of um, seems like that you're confirming a lot of what i see right now today um statistically uh, i i can see that a lot of students are involved in these communities and, and um, are the ones that always show up and uh, I, I think that's that's actually a very good uh Good, good point you made there but maybe like just switching a bit here like uh, 
do you see that so times have been changing right and uh, you guys uh, are doing this since forever um and i'm just curious do you see a difference between like some old versus new hurdle hurdles when when it comes to to starting something like this um yeah that, that's about it <laughs> um, i mean martin do you want to start yeah yeah so well i think well i think one of the hurdles that i think exists today and i think that we are also kind of experiencing is the whole uh do you have it remote uh online to do hybrid uh to only meet up in person uh, i think that's especially after COVID, that's something that's becoming uh, even more apparent um that people uh, more i think more and more work from home um, and so they are not really in a place where they are going home from work and can drop by a meetup on the way home, for example. Um, some people then need to go into the city, for example, or go out of their way to get to this meetup venue. Um, so I think that's that's definitely a hurdle that we didn't have before because more people were generally in the office and uh, and were in a position where they could easily go to uh, to a meetup, which was hosted centrally in, in Copenhagen, for example. Um, and then also just as, as a meetup organizer, then what do you do? Do you then suddenly buy uh, <laughs> uh, thousands of kroners of uh, uh, camera equipment to set up uh, streaming so you can uh, cater to those that are following from home? Or do you then switch uh, and do only online? Or maybe you do one meetup in person and, and one meetup online uh, so you have a little bit of a mix uh, so i think that's definitely a hurdle and something to consider um i think there's i, mean, I don't think people as such have an expectation uh, not for new uh, meetups or new communities but i think the ones that have existed for a long time i know at least for for the net community we hear every once in a while whether a meetup will be recorded or will it be streamed online so these are common questions uh, that we get when we host in-person meetups um, so that's at least something to consider, but I, I don't think there's any, there's no obligations to do it. It's like what what works for you uh, and what can you do as a, an organizer? So I can pass it on to Mario again. Yes, I mean, from my point, and just to laugh a little bit about that, I would say that if we go roll back to Jesus 2010, like if we go 10 years back, let's say that way, uh, that community, for example, that I have in mind, it was totally different than these days because it was, Everything was physically, you just maybe the university or some place you were, they were providing the premises, but that's it. So you didn't have budget for anything. So mostly people actually even brought their own drinks. Uh, but the, the community, that community was about, you had give people that how the time you were talking about that technology that you were interested in, that developer community, and the other half of the time you were playing Counter-Strike or another game. So it wasn't about the event, it was about having fun with friends and doing random things and espouse those random things in a, in a natural way, you you talk about that. It's the, the thing that you do in your life. You you meet a friend and you you talk about the main topic, but you still you go back and forward. So it's the same thing. So these days is totally different. Set, as Martin was saying, like the new generation uh, is more get used to uh, this kind of like uh, remote recording. I wanna watch later, but also as we say, depending on the 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 aging group also can be sometimes right like depending if you have to work i mean there, there's no option you want to assist you want to go there but 
you have to deal with the kids, you have to, you know, leave from work and you have to do all these um, setup these days with the remote and other areas. So I, I could say that I changed a lot towards to that. Uh, before it was a smaller groups, more challenging to get new people, but it was a closer groups, so to speak, because it was not only a community, but a bunch of uh, very close friends in San <laughs> don't want to use any any specific words, <laughs> but yeah, uh, totally different game, I would say. Every experience, how that goes towards to that. I guess you and Morgan, you you covered uh, almost everything. Um, but one of the things that that you uh, you mentioned, Mario, was that smaller group versus bigger groups. And that was for me is always always that uh, that which one. Uh, which one you preferred, or oh, not preferred, but which way to go. Uh, and um, my kind of, because for me at some point at Microsoft, actually create, um, creating community and getting getting uh, connected to the community, at some point it actually, it became part of my daily job as well. And then I, I had to um, actually organize a lot of bigger events and a lot of uh, events that I bring people from various different backgrounds together. Uh, but um, to me, um, I, I, I see value, of course, in both of them, especially if you bring a, a famous speaker from all over uh, uh, across the continents here uh, and then um, you want everybody to have opportunity to come and, and watch the session and learn from the, from the person. Um, but most of the things I saw that uh, I saw uh, more of value in a, in a smaller groups. Uh, smaller groups they can the, the engagement become become actually uh, easier. Uh, you can you can get people to to sit and work together. I, I did a lot of that in GDG when I was uh, <laughs> when I was running that with Gem, uh, and and also uh, with the uh, with the uh, NG Copenhagen. That we we actually be uh, as actually both of you mentioned that in order to have a community, you only need two person. So what we did many of the time, we even didn't have an agenda come over here and then we share the things that you know and then we can we sat together and then find that ah, okay this is new way of a, a kind of that new router that it came out let's try to work together and then everybody actually could work together and those engagement you can only do it in a smaller uh group and uh, i know paul you run that um actually uh uh, the the React meetup with with Gem. Uh, the fun part for you to know is that we created uh, a lot of uh, close collaboration between the communities. That even Gem was always at 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 Angular meetup for you to know. <laughs> so just because that you could doesn't matter. It's a JavaScript as well. Then you come you can always go and uh, learn from each, each other. And then that to me is a definition of a community that you create a so welcoming community that you can everybody doesn't matter even if you uh, if you don't like the uh, the topic, I mean, not the li like, if you're not working with the topic, you go there. I come to React Copenhagen, I come to .NET Copenhagen and I don't use any of them. So just because you you all are doing a great job. <laughs> I think generally uh, also when, uh, when 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 you do something very well, um, 
it it tends to grow, right? I I I think this uh, another thing that I wanted to kind of figure out is how do you grow this organically? How do you let it? Uh, because I, I essentially always saw you guys as a group of friends that you know just is the same faces around the the, the community uh, developer communities here in in Copenhagen and that's why I was also um, asking these questions particularly because um, I think it would be uh, also refreshing for people to get the drive to and the incentive to 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 get involved and uh, get their hands a bit uh, dirty <laughs> on this and and in, in in this aspect of like growing a community, what how, how would you go about it? Like to 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 me, it's it definitely seemed like everything was very natural for you guys. Uh, but nowadays, would you use Would you be more data driven? Would you use social media, or um, how would you enhance uh, the, the, this growing aspect? Uh, I can say one thing. Uh, and then I will leave it for Martin and, and Mario. Uh, one thing is that growing the community, I, I had few different communities that I started to kind of that they, they grew at some point. And um, running the community for a long time is a lot of work. Again, going back to the first thing that I mentioned, uh, the, the the main success of that is that as a as the number of people that they grow to in your community, you go and, and find the next organizer. Uh, because it's all voluntary. It doesn't matter how much love you have uh, for your for what you're doing, but it's also the timing. And then it's something extra to what everything else that you are doing so you need to have people that are helping you to kind of that to keep it running and to me that's the kind of that uh, and then more people they come to help you more brainstorming more ideas more how you sustain and uh, what is going to be the calendar of your event from now on so you uh, i guess that's to me is the the, the the main ingredient of the growing uh, community good points thank you yeah, I can uh, keep it short and sweet, I think, for this one. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about, but I would say uh, be friendly and be consistent um, in in your communities. I mean, the, the, the friendlier you are, the more likely it is that people will come back. Um, and being consistent, it is, it's easier for them to come back. Uh, that, they have kind of an idea of when to expect the next meetup, or at least that there will be a next meetup. So I'll, I'll leave it at that and then pass it on to Mario. I mean, totally agree. I went, I went to go also show and say visibility and like kindness, like like Sally, what you mentioned. It's like one is like that keep the community visible in the way that is a lie that 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 had some impact in what you are doing in your community or when the community can be like university, your workplace, your, your between your, that community. But also that kindness about that like you have to remember yourself that you are there maybe with a with a bunch of friends, people that you already knew, and you had someone new coming to take a look. And that new person have more impact than the 10 people that are already there because that person will be the one that, hey, I went the other day to this meeting, actually, it was amazing. And that person will bring another two. And that, that person is the one that makes the, the, the little difference. You obviously have to take care of the people that are already there, but like the ones that are coming are even more important because that is a reflection of how you treat people that are out of your community that is going to be part of your community. So uh, yes, I wanted to clarify that. So totally agree on that simple as... Be nice. <laughs>
All right. Thank you, guys. I, I think uh, very good input. Uh, and uh, yeah, now. Uh, yeah. Some great, great insights, guys. Um, just wanted to quickly jump in before passing over to Mario. Um, some fantastic questions and, and really insightful in some of the answers there. So thank you, Paul, um, for, for putting those forward. And I suppose the last question was such a nice segue um, that kind of pushes on to Mario's topic, which is looking at growing, sustaining a community and inevitably people are going to uh, move on. So how do you pass over a community when, when people uh, do that? So Mario, over to you. Yes, thank you, Sam. Uh, yeah, like one of the, the, the next, you know, like kind of like uh, ideas to put here down with, with you guys, I was very curious, is one well, of the major challenges, and you can apply that to anything, anything, uh, like in general, like it's not only about uh, that communities, but about companies and the day-to-day -to, -day to, to your workplace, is about how to engage people to be proactive and take ownership. In this case, more focusing open communities, but you can apply that in your day-to-day -day work, right? How how would you, you know, help people to engage more and take that ownership that sometimes is a bit of lucky, a bit of luck there? I can go first. Um, so um, one of the, um, I guess, to me, I mean, this is this is a huge challenge when you're working with generally when you're working with a, with volunteers. Um, so, uh, to me, uh, whenever that I had success, it was that when the group of people that we're working um, together, we we kind of that we we make sure that whatever um, I mean, all the all the work that the people put in there, they get recognized. So if there is uh, there is a, one of the community members, they 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 kind of that they come and and do a great work. I mean, securing us a a kind of a venue as the company to 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 host us, we always make sure that we we give recognition to the people. So when you give recognition to the people, you they normally kind of that feel valued, and then when the people they feel valued, they even become more engaged with you. Um, so and and that goes to the group of other organizers that you have. You always give recognition to to everyone else, and that goes back to what Morton said that that's also being part of that being nice. People helping you say thank you to them, and because a lot of people they they kind of that expect when that okay you're an organizer you have to do this you have to do that, but the other person could have. Uh, a group of organizers, they always coming and going based on their, their life uh, uh, circumstances. So whoever that is coming and you have an idea and the other person is coming and helping you to grow that idea, you need to value that. Thank you, Cherry. That was actually very, very good. Morten? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that that's uh, this one about getting people to be proactive and, and, and engage. I think that's that's one of the more challenging parts of uh, of running a community, um, and I think it's 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 generally hard. Um, what we try to do is just uh, every time we have a meetup, ask people if they have something they would want to share, or even if their company would want to host a meetup, so we at least get some some insights into who's interested in 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 participating actively. Um, and yeah, I think. Generally, companies are, are very open to hosting. <laughs> it's more difficult to get speakers or to get people to to speak at meetups. Um, but I think over the, the last couple of years, what I've tried more is to also um, 
at least offer some of my time to help people if if they are new to pre presenting, if they're not really sure about uh, what they want to present or how to present it, then help them out and uh, and kind of uh, guide them a little bit about how to structure presentation or what could be interesting to include and, and also just be there for support uh, to help them while they are delivering a, a talk. So um, maybe some if they feel like if they get stuck that uh, Maybe because they're nervous, then uh, someone can be there to help them out and ask questions um, so they can answer questions instead of doing a presentation. Um, I think that's 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 a good way of doing it. Also, just getting people to talk about what they actually work on. Uh, sometimes I think people have a tendency to to say, well, what I work on is not super interesting. That's just my day job. But for other people, it might actually be super interesting and, and insightful and something they can learn from. So uh, I think people shouldn't underestimate uh, what they work on uh, and sharing what they work on. Um, so so doing something like that. And, but generally, reach out to people and, and also uh, poke people like for the people you know and try and get them to speak and say, don't you want to share something? Uh, what are you working on or something like that? So, yeah. Uh I am sure more than that, a lot of people like that uh, listen to this podcast uh, will be identified with what you just say about like ah, that's not interesting. I do that every day. Like that's and totally, totally agree. I think that <laughs> I love it. Uh, Paul, um, uh, how would you tackle the you know be maybe more proactive to understand when we talk about open community? I think generally, um, I, I believe that it's. It's all about transparency, and I think you also mentioned about um, being a more inclusive mentorship, uh, learning opportunities, um, b basically being there for one another. And I think you also mentioned in the beginning when like just just be nice. Um, and if you are passionate about something, then it's quite easy to to just fulfill all like tick the boxes basically right um so that's that's how i feel about it yes that's i have one to, more thing yes, yes to add uh i just uh actually it came across my mind that uh in order to build an engaging community one of the things that i I did. I, I tried it a lot in GDG, in NG Copenhagen and Women Tech Maker, is that try to make sure that come up with various different uh, types of uh, activity within the meetup. Sometimes it could be like a um, presentation. Sometimes it could be like a hackathon. Sometimes it could be like a workshop. Try to to experiment. And then based on that, uh, you, you will also find that what people in your meetup likes the most and and then when you for example run a hackathon uh, within your meetup one time we did it actually with all the javascript communities in denmark we call it we run a hackathon for sos children village so what we did the people from the other groups they also started to sit together and work on a project and then that by default, it helped them to get connected. So when you're when the when your members of the meetup feel connected with each other, next time you organize a meetup, they start talking to each other, and that also, especially here in Denmark, it's it's is a key. So we know that uh, there is a, a lot of um, Danish people that are more reserved, and that actually helps a lot to to break a lot of barriers and then get them to talk to each other and. 
through the time, then it will help you to, to uh, then they, they come and say that, oh, maybe next time I can do this. Maybe next time I can do that. So that also would be one idea. That uh, I totally, totally agree. Like, like about the, you know, when we had the, when we talk, one is the, the talk or like the presentation, the different communities, and always kind of like we focus in the event that is going on, that is a, a speaker, but also we have to remember that at the end of the day, it's not only about going and listen to this speaker, it's about creating community. And creating community is that those people, after that event, they will still be connected and talking to each other and help each other. And that's a very valuable point. Like the, the event is not only about listening to someone speaker and interesting topic, it's also about connecting with the rest of the community. That totally valuable. I think that I, I, I sketched the, 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 a little bit the topic that was about moving organically, avoiding dictatorship, but that kind of like was into how you delegate tasks, right? Like you're delegating tasks, you're co-guiding other people, as Morten was mentioning, you know, you, you know, just, hey, there we go, you take it. It's like you guide this person to actually feel comfortable and, and pass over that we kind of like so um, suffered to see some communities are actually disappear because one person was the, the pinnacle of that community. And when that person left, the entire organization, the entire, the entire community disappeared because the, the dictatorship is a very strong word, but like, I think that I, I make my point about one person that is guiding everybody and without that person, the organization fell apart. And that is uh, good at the beginning when you're two people, but not good after a, a little bit. <laughs> Let, let me let me move to to to, uh, to another question, uh, guys. That uh, don't take too much time. About uh, we talked, we mentioned briefly about uh, what are the cross border remote challenges and how to tackle them. As is a very common way to work these days, right? We record the videos and we then do it remotely. So, uh, what are those challenges when we have an open community? Yeah, I, uh, I think like generally for 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 me. It it feels like um, a recording, like it's very much different than, um, it's not very organic, it's a bit synthetic, uh, but that's just my very subjective opinion. Um, generally organizing things remotely, uh, it, it also you, you deal with a lot of cultural uh, differences. So you need to be aware of um, that side of things. And that that's something that, um, yeah, I think it's a, a very difficult thing to tackle at times. Um, then, of course, if you want to do it live uh, and not a recording, um, then it's also time zones. Um, yeah, and I, I, I just think that here you're also being very restricted in the type of communities you you're forming, in the type of meetups. Um, if any, so so, there, it comes with a lot of uh, with a box basically that uh, you need to figure out uh, where all ends are and um, what are those boundaries that uh, that are there. So I think it's a nice challenge. It's an exploratory thing. Um, it's just it feels a bit synthetic at times because I guess that's the easy path to do it. Um, yeah, that's at least my opinion. And Cherry and Morten, as you are in very big organization, I think that you have a lot of knowledge actually like about these challenges also. Yeah, well, I think from, from my perspective, if, if we say remote only, I think the only communities that I've seen uh, that are, let's say, kind of 
able to survive. That's maybe a bit harsh to say, but uh, are able to survive are the ones that are very product centric and uh, probably mostly driven by product companies. Um, I think that if you uh, follow along with something called platform cont, uh, which has a Slack community and uh, they have an online conference um, once a year, and then they have meetup groups in, uh, I think, most, most of the major cities around the world um, where they, uh, they have online meetups as well. Um, so I think because there's an organization or product or sponsors behind it, uh, they, they can make it um, make it work for them. Uh, but I think for individuals and uh, just let's say grassroots communities, it's it's I think it's super difficult. So, yeah, I Thank don't know you what, what you think, Cherry. Yeah, I do agree with you. I mean, of course, many of us have started various different initiatives during pandemic. And um, for me, it was that Dev Show and Make Your Show that I started them during pandemic. It it worked well because nobody else could meet, <laughs> and and it helped me to actually to bring a lot of voices that they normally would not be heard in Denmark. Um, so that was that was a very good way. And I know Martin, you did a lot as well. We we actually did some of them together, um, but um, but. I guess you're you're right. Is 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 I mean because it's I believe that you need to have to to have a totally different perspective, and you should have a reason why your meetup is only online. If um, so, um, in the other hand, one of the good side of it is that many of the people that they come to the as a meetup, they start as a meetup speaker. And they they can use a recording, and then later on, when they apply as a first time speaker to the to the other conferences, they can they can include those links that this is how I actually give a talk, and that's that's the value of that. But you can also do that in a, like a hybrid environment as well. Um, but yeah, I guess that was that that's my opinion. Thank you, a lot, guys. If you let me add a, a tiny thing from from my point, I think that's combined with. I mean, it's like the combination of uh, what all of you actually say. It's like about when we do that, for example, recording. It's challenging. Like one of the the major things is about okay, you did a recording, you send that, you cannot interact with the people with the community at that time. But as you pointed, you have a Slack channel, you have questions, you have a follow up. There is yes. an important part. That is one day event. Uh, the talk, the keeping that alive is the, the key to yeah. keep the community alive. That's the combination what you just say, all of you guys. So yes, uh, totally, totally agree. I think that there's a very valuable point. Sam, I'm going to give you back the word. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mario. You'll be taking my job. I think you, you've conducted <laughs> that very well. No, <laughs> Thank you so much for another great subtopic there. Um, I think it's very nice that it, it moved quite naturally from you know, starting to growing, um, to sustaining and now, you know, engaging people. And I know the next topic for Sherry is is something very close to her heart and, you know, making it an inclusive community um, where the contribution of the people is at the center. So I'm going to hand over to her to, to kind of lead this one. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, I know all of you, you're doing a lot to make sure that your uh, your communities are are inclusive. Um, for me, um, as a as a person that I can say that I have few hats. One is that I'm not uh, I'm not from Denmark, so I'm a foreigner. I don't speak the language, even though that 
I'm Danish now and I suppose to speak Danish. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> I'm a foreigner and then I also am a woman in tech. So many of the um, many and I, I and I'm a person that I consider myself as a social person. So I don't go there and sit back. I go and talk to people. I try to find friends. But still, I had many experiences. And not only in Denmark, because I go to a lot of places for the different events that I didn't feel uh, welcome. And and I for me, I I uh, I took all of those notes in my my memory and I promised to myself that I will never, ever let such a thing happen in my community, in the community that I'm part of it. So. That's uh, that's why that this topic is very close to my heart because I I experience it and I know that that's not only happened to um you can say that to the only females uh, because diversity and inclusion is is uh, is beyond all of that. So as a community leader, I want to know that how do you make sure that the people that they come to your meetup they feel welcome, Maria? Okay, let me um. Let's gonna gonna shoot myself in, in my foot uh, as um, you know, like the first time as you mentioned, like you sometimes you brew your own coffee, and I don't drink coffee in general, so imagine how bad idea is that. But like, let me put this one time. Like, uh, we made this big event. Um, at that time, we didn't have budget, but like the, the only little budget that we got, we decided at the university to to buy beers. So we got a lot of beers and it was fun. People were drinking. Uh, one person probably say. Do we have any water? <laughs> no, we, we didn't have water. But uh, I, as when I, I thinking about that back, for example, there's a small detail, but like then if you don't drink beer, it's kind of like indirectly and not being inclusive and not welcoming people that don't drink beer, even if that wasn't my intention, right? So it's like the major topic that these days we don't talk about equality, but equity also. It's like you have to think you know, about like, I'm gonna be equal to everybody. I'm offering a beer to everybody, yes. But do they actually want that? Like, so you can see at the same time you are being equal, but you are not being thoughtful about the different, you know, like situation of each one. Can be challenging for sure, more when you have bigger groups. But I would say that that's a very stupid example for us to understand. But that's why doing my events, I try to think what is the the, the the people that are gonna join, who can be the newcomers, and not only think about being inclusive with all of them, but also at the same time, like if you feel that like someone is very shy or, or or maybe doesn't want to be bothered, or like just try to be extra nice. You, someone could say, ah, by being equally nice to everybody, yeah, but like you have to think a little bit about that person and how he's uh, dealing with that situation. But yeah, that could be my, my, my little two cents. Paul? Oh, that's it? a good point. Yeah. Yes. I believe, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. But uh, also, like, you, you se- you're you the one setting the tone. Like, you, you, you need to understand, like, whenever you go in, in, in a community, you need to, like, um, whether you're an organizer or a participant, you are also, s- like, an example. Um, so I believe a lot in this uh, lead by example, um, and it's also stay in touch with the community, ask for feedback, reach out. Um, it, it's it's all right to ask questions. It's it's also all right to to make mistakes. So uh, brewing coffee for people that drink tea, it's it, it's all right. Like um, 
things happen is just uh, all about correcting these mistakes and moving on uh, and get improving ourselves. Uh, it can't be just uh, th there is no silver bullet, you know. It's uh, we live, we learn. That's a very good point, and and actually, both of you, the the one that you mentioned is that it's it's a journey. We we are learning. I mean, as a as a vegan person, I always make sure everybody has all the all the food that they need, and it's just because I've been hungry in many places. So that's why I, that's in my top of mind. But then when it comes to making sure that my event is child friendly, I mistaked it before because I had a workshop for for women that to learn the code, and they asked for um, place to changing uh, for the for changing the kids as a dog person a dog dog owner I even haven't crossed my mind but then I learned I need to do that that's a, that's a good point that you learn it Morton yes how about well, you? I've, I've also learned a lot of things over the years <laughs> yes. uh, especially about the, what's the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan. <laughs> that, that's something when you, you learn when you think that you are uh, catering to everyone and getting vegetarian food but then yeah there's there's a <laughs> vegan person who doesn't eat vegetarian food so uh, yeah so so there's a lot of things to learn and i think that's uh, that's something that uh, that just happens over the years i think one of the things uh, one other thing that i also uh, learned that I didn't actually consider before was uh, just on the technical level and, and what's the expectations of the people who are attending um, a meetup event or, or workshop. Uh, I think we, we've had a, a number of events, which is something called the Global Asia Bootcamp, where it's uh, typically some talks and then some exercises. Um, and we had at one point a participant who, who asked, like, or it was uh, a little bit above that person's head, um, so the level was a bit higher than they expected, um, and that's something that I I didn't consider that um, should have written, of course, in uh, in in the meetup details that these are the expectations, or you should come with a laptop and uh, something as simple as that. <clears throat> of course, you come with a laptop for a workshop, but uh, you should have access to Azure. You should know maybe about Azure functions uh, because it won't be explained from. Uh, from starting from scratch, um, so so setting those expectations, I think, is is something that I learned about that is uh, that maybe not everyone comes to the table with the same experiences, and uh, so that's that's something to think about as well. Um, but then, yeah, I think generally is just being uh, friendly um, and welcoming uh, helps, um, and then and speak with people. That's that's. Also, something that I've struggled a little bit with being uh, an introvert, uh, having to talk with uh, uh, strange people. Oh no, not strange people. Strange people. Um, uh, people you don't know already. <laughs> it sounds wrong to say strange people. That's uh, that's my Danglish. Sorry. We're all no, strange. That... It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's actually a good point that you mentioned that, that mentioned Martin about that workshop and bringing the laptop and know the basic. Definitely, I did many of those mistakes in past as well. And people showed up and said, "You didn't mention that." It's like that. I said, "Oh, I thought that you also think the same way as me," which is, of course, um, going back to you can call it that. That's biases. That's. Uh, that we all have uh, unconscious biases that you you have, um, but um, the other aspect is that the other question that I have here is that 
at at some point, even for my smaller meetups, I started to adopt a code of conduct. So um, I I wonder that if any of you uh, try to to do that in your in your meetups, and uh, did it help for you? What what you did you anybody came at uh, reach out to you later on because of because of the code of conduct. So what was your experiences in, in that way? Yeah, Paul? So like I said before, I'm quite a, uh, quite new uh, in, in the domain uh, and, and uh, through feedback and iterations. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately uh, we didn't have to implement the code of conduct. I think uh, people were uh, just genuinely nice. Uh, yeah. and. There, there was no, um, like, nothing that uh, could or would have uh, driven uh, such an implementation from our side. But I'm, I'm now thinking about how would I do it? How would I um, implement it and also communicate it? Because um, I think you can implement something like this, but it, the the most difficult part is to communicate it to the to to everyone else. And um, yeah, just get them to be on the same page um yeah yeah that's that's right that's communication is a key for i can i can actually say that how i i did that so i could um actually normally when i have my, my meetup organized uh normally i start with a section called meet and greet and i give one minute to the people that um that they, you have to go and find. Maybe that's actually Mario is a little bit of a dictatorship, but I, it's, it's okay. <laughs> so I, I, I put my watch on and said that you have one minute to find a person that you never talked before. Start talking, introduce yourself. And I always say that one minute to start now. And I, I go and literally force people to, to find a person. And definitely I have some allies in the group the allies are the regulars in the meetup that they know that if there is a person standing there on their own in the in the back, they should go and find to that that person. So nobody is so lonely there. So once that once that finish, then I go to code of conduct that is for me is very simple and 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 it's based on experiences of overhearing conversation among different communities is that people unconsciously again making a comment that they might not to them is hurting anyone else but in reality it hurts people and you might find it funny but not the other person and so i i always say that when you want just be nice and then when you want to make a comment just think if the percentage of offending the person is zero 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 point one just don't say it and, and of course, then I, I say that we have a code of conduct. This is the link. Go and read it. And anybody, if you if you uh, if you feel uncomfortable, come to talk to organizers. And if you see something uh, that someone else got offended, come and talk to me as well because we can. Maybe the other person would be shy to to say anything. So come to me. So that's actually how I communicated with it, with my meetup. Uh, during, I mean, I do the same in my conferences as well normally, but depends on the B and the smaller. Yeah. But, yeah. How about Maria? Yeah. Yes, um, I, I think that like because of part of my culture, I guess, like we have more direct approach that can be a bit more complicated for more introverted. Um, with a uh, 
colored a candidate, like, I mean, uh, colored candidate, sorry. Like, um, to be honest, like, um, like we did implement it because everybody was nice, but that, like, as you mentioned, sometimes everybody is nice because you don't notice that, right? Yes. That's the whole point of it. Exactly. That. Uh, usually when we have people like we are, like, we, they are very aware that if they, the, the thing is like, neither we want to them making like feel like they cannot speak up or say what is out of their mind. But at the same time, the other people know that uh, if they can usually always resolve the thing directly, if it's not a big deal, because nobody likes to someone from behind telling, hey, this person told me, da, da, da. so we avoid those kind of like little approach that is more um, usually now uh, confrontation is not very welcome in Scandinavia. It's now it's now it's, it's uncomfortable and uh, people don't like it. Uh, usually for us, if someone make a comment that I feel offended, like, hey, chill. And I say out loud, right? But some people are not comfortable and I totally agree they should go. But usually if you can, you should resolve or the other person so you can do face-to-face -face and you can give feedback to that person because that person inconsciously did that and will apologize. And that's good that person told you face-to-face. -face. So we try to still play the one-to-one -one conversation yes. if it's not you know, an argument or something that is very uncomfortable that is obviously out of hand and it's better to, you know, take it to the side. But we still want to be able to communicate without overthinking uh, yeah. what we are saying. So it's a, it's a very thin line. I, ca I can see like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but yeah, so, so far people were nice and it's true that I didn't have a situation where I have to intervene. But I can see your point totally, Sherry, how important it is to raise awareness about that. Right. Yeah. How about you, Martin? Um, yeah, as far as I remember, uh, it's actually been a while since I looked at it, but as far as I remember, we have a, a code of conduct on, on the meetup pages right. uh, for the meetups. But but yeah, we, we probably don't uh, say anything about it as such uh, during the meetups. Um, uh, I guess also I've been lucky that it hasn't been necessary. Uh, but I think for, for the conferences I've been part of, uh, either as organizer or uh, committee, uh, agenda committee things. Uh, I think for conferences, I would always, always have a code of conduct um, and, and have that read up at the beginning of the conference. Um, and I think for 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 some of the little bit bigger events, uh, I tend to invite you, Sherry, to <laughs> to do the meet and greet because uh, I think it's a I think it's a very very good approach to have this uh, go and talk with someone uh, that you haven't met before, uh, and you're also very good at, uh, at talking about the code of conduct. Uh, so I prefer to invite you <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm always happy to help. Uh, uh, not only on this topic, so to any community-driven event. Uh, Paul, you had it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of make a, a small parenthesis that, like, we all alluded to. I think when when you're a small community, like everything is uh, very organic, natural. But when you grow, like conferences, or when 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 everything gets like uh, larger, you need to to deal with. Um, uh, many different uh, cultures, people, uh, then you need to uh, have something like this in place. And I think uh, I'll definitely reach out to you, Sherry, for communicating it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with, uh, with you all that, of course, when the community grows, of course, you have more and more people, then there is more need of that. But my personally, I believe that even in a smaller part, if you kind of that 
keep that mentioning that to because you never know. You always have newer members. You never have. You always have sometimes um, beer or drink afterwards, and some people might drink it more. And so you never know what will happen. So that's why that if you kind of that you mention it, or in my opinion, it could be beneficial in any scenarios. And of course, I do that more often um, for my um, women in tech event, to be honest. Um, yeah, because of course, everybody is welcome to, the, to those events. It's not only for women, but then you want to make sure that you have a safer space for everybody. Um, yes, um, I guess that was all. And I guess we um, on this topic, uh, you answered all my question. And I've been to, again, I've been to all of your meetups. You all are amazing organizers. And I always felt welcome to um, to kind of that to your, your event. And, um, and yes, thank you for sharing your perspective with me. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, another wonderful topic. Um, Brian, again, thank you so much. Uh, Morton's final topic that we're going to move to is focusing around the importance of developer communities, what it means to be a part of one and, and the benefits of being involved. And Morton, like I have with the others, I'm going to hand it over to you to to take it forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, I think, I mean, uh, I've, I've definitely gotten a lot out of uh, attending and uh, organizing uh, developer communities. Uh, but I also know that there's a lot of people out there uh, uh, who work as a developer uh, as their day-to-day -day job, uh, but don't participate in uh, in any communities. Um, and so I basically like to hear from you um, what what you would say that um, that you would get out of uh, attending meetups as a developer. So like, how how would you encourage someone to uh, to attend the meetup? Uh, and explain to them what they get out of it. So we can start with Mario. Okay, and um, I will use the the recent um, example of going to one of the meetup actually that Paul was uh, was uh, hosting, and uh, I brought a new college, right? And I could, you know, I can agree with this kind of experience that is also my personal. Um, that you know, we went after work to have a relaxed moment that is not more work. Like, like we went to a meetup where we got, if you put it that way, also, you know, free food. And we got some drinks that is behind that. But like, we had a great topic that we were very curious about and we didn't know. We had the opportunity to actually see all friends, extend our network of people in Copenhagen and actually engage and actually because you keep going to these meetups, you actually keep seeing the same people at the end and you actually start building this friendship, right? Um, so I would say that those are my takeout. It's like you have an event where you're going to extend your network, you're going to extend your, your professional skills and you're going to have fun. I mean, like, what, what is what is wrong? I mean, like, like, why not? I mean, the question is like, why you wouldn't go there? <laughs> so yeah, that could be my, my, my experience, my takeouts. Yep. What about you, Paul? All right. This is a very, very good question. And um, um, maybe like there's... As Mario hinted at, there are two sides of things. It's your professional um, path, and then your personal path is like you 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 find friends with which you enjoy talking about a particular subject, and you find uh, creating a network uh, in professionally in in that aspect. But I would also like to add uh, maybe 
on this uh, professional path is maybe when you want to start something new like uh, i recently transitioned from uh, f- like front being front end full stack uh, to more devops side of things um and it's for me right now it's very important that i understand and learn a bit about uh, golang yeah and uh, how do i learn go i would should probably go and uh, check uh, the, the the meetup um and and this is how you you then befriend people you talk about a subject you learn new things um also i think as a developer you have different uh, resource material that you, you tend to use um, and again we talked in the beginning there's a lot of influx of information and i think these meetups also filter it for you at times where like okay well this is something uh, amazing that we discovered in the javascript community or whatnot and uh, i think people should hear about it so i go there as a developer just participating and i found i find out how people solved various problems i i, I just get to be better uh, from that perspective so yeah that's how i how i feel about it yeah what about you sherry i mean i everything that maria and and paul mentioned so for me it was that um even i found my friends there uh, as a foreigner to Denmark, the first place you go and find people, like-minded people, is a meetup. It could be JavaScript meetup, it could be a Copenhagen vegetarian meetup. So, so you kind of that you you find a group of people, and then um, and then when you from the professional uh, kind of that aspects, exactly as as Paul mentioned, to me it's the same. That when I want to learn about a new topic, I go find a meetup because that's the friendliest place to go and and learn about new things. So you definitely get the both out of it. I even I should uh, I even got a job by going to the meetup as well because because people also come and um, mention the hosts normally come and mention that oh, okay uh, we also have hiring and then I always give uh, advice to people um, when you want to choose a job. Go to a company that actually values the community because that says a lot about the culture of the place that you want to work with. Um, and if you see that the uh, meetup is is a kind of that if um, a place that is actually that hosting a meetup, it also normally a company that is going to um, give you opportunity to attend to more of these meetups as well or to the conferences as well. So then you don't need to take. I I hear people take a day off to attend to conferences. So then to me, that's not a good place to work with because it's part of your education. So so that's also, um, to me, also happened. Uh, and also even one time I went to a job interview and the person who was interviewing me in the job, it was a member of uh, my community. So we already knew each other. And to be honest, I even didn't know. So I went there. The hiring manager was a member of my community. So, so that those things happen. Uh, networking is uh, is actually is the best side effect of at, attending to the um, to the community events. Yeah, and then if we if we flip it around a little bit, because now we talked about uh, attending a meetup. What about organizing a meetup? 
So I'm curious that since we are so many uh, meetup organizers here, I think it would be interesting to hear from everyone. What do you get out of organizing meetups? I don't know if you want to start, Paul. First thing, I I just can't uh, not think about. It's it's sort of like um, in a way teaching. You know, you need to uh, you learn a lot more about a particular subject when you're teaching someone something than when you're uh, being just in, in the student in, in the backseat. Uh, so I, I think I would draw that parallel a bit. Um, yeah, and I think it, it, it's more maybe I'm emphasizing a bit on the people mentorship aspect, um, how to do certain things. And um, yeah, it's it's you learn a lot about uh, your community when, when from that uh, the other side of uh of the fence fence not a fence that's <laughs> the desk sorry yeah yeah what about you mario yeah yes uh, i will try to to divine a couple of things i think that the most powerful is the uh, one thing is like the the network it's like when you organize those meetings either if we back to the university you in the end meet everybody that who is on top of the university and handling all these things. So you will have the chance to actually connect with those people at the university that will bring a lot of knowledge to you. Also, when you organize these meetups, right? Also, you will, uh, a company will host you, your event. So you're gonna meet the people there. You're gonna meet the, the stakeholders, the people on top. You're gonna create that network. You're gonna see the culture of that company that later can be for, you know, a, you know talk about that company, even for yourself or others. Um, but that's one part of the networking. The other, as Paul was mentioning, um, I think all of us, we do that. And some here also probably is like, when you're hosting an event, you want to know about the topic. And you, in order to ask the right questions, you actually investigate and try to learn a lot because then it's not only about listening, it's also about knowing what you are asking so you can ask the most accurate question. So that, like, it value both like the network and all the knowledge that it brings and all the connection for sure that you do during those meetups and everybody because at the end as Cherry say it's not a news that Copenhagen is not that big when we think about that and always you will find like hey what are you doing here <laughs> like I work here no I work here <laughs> so it's quite quite funny situation Morten I'm sure that after you know after this the next time because we have people uh no, and uh, Danskeva and all the, the big companies. Um, I'm sure that we have common friends and we will be in different meetups or even at your office. I'm sure that I'm going to be around there. I'm going to be like, hey, Morten. <laughs> so this create this kind of like, like connections that uh, in the end you can like keep for, for years. So I, I hope that <laughs> I will be my part. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sherry? What do you get out of hosting meetups or organizing meetups? A lot of things. I mean, Mario and, and Paul mentioned um, actually cover a lot of aspects, but one thing that I thought that was not mentioned was all the soft skills that you gain. You you learn about leadership, you learn about public speaking, you, you learn about mediating the conflict, you learn about having difficult conversation, all of the skills that you normally uh, don't gain by, by just uh, having a your everyday job because you just have to go out of your uh, out of your uh, kind of comfort zone by organizing a um, by organizing a meetup and um, and also um, one of the other aspects that I I I believe uh, I mean for me I started. Uh, organize as an organizer of the meetup. I mean, of course, first I was attendee, then I found a gap 
I started my own meetup and then um, I organized conferences. And then the next step for me was the public speaking as well the, at the bigger events as well. So, so, so this is, this is, this one boosts actually my career a lot. And if you're in the right company, as, as we, we talked about it, that that's also we've been noticed. So you, you get more promotion, you grow in your, uh, in, in the company you're working with. And even I would say that the only reason the, that I got my first job at, my, at Microsoft was only all of this organizing activity that I had. And, and for me, it was, it was actually very interesting that the person, the, the, the recruiter, was also again a member of my, one of my uh, meetup that I, it was not a meetup, it's an initiative NG Girls, um, where we are helping um, actually only girls to to learn Angular. So, so she she was actually she she was one of the members of my uh, meetup, and then she reached out to me about this role at Microsoft. And on the phone, I would just say that this has nothing to do with me. I mean, I look at the job description. This is not me. And she said that, sure, you're even more qualified than you, you, you thought about it. So she convinced me to go for it, to actually to, to apply for that role. And then they only, and when I went there, they, they knew everything about all of the events that I'm organizing in Copenhagen. And then they said that, yeah, that couldn't be anyone more. Uh, qualified than you in that because that's what we want to do. So yeah, you never know what happened, and then that actually changed my whole career path because that was the first job that I, I that I got that I was not a full time developer, um, and I totally joined the what you call it at the devrel scene, developer relation. So a lot of things can uh, can come out of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and sorry, and you actually also answered one of my other questions about how being part of a community has has helped you uh, professionally, or if it has helped you professionally. So you kind of answered that uh, <laughs> implicitly as well. Uh, I, I I can at least share for myself also that the the current job that I have is because of being part of communities and and being uh, have a large network of of people. Uh, so when it was time for me to to leave uh, a previous job, um, I, I just posted on LinkedIn and got so many responses. Um, it was quite overwhelming um, to hear from everyone and uh, a lot of people that uh, wanted to talk and like, would you want to come here and work or do you want to come there and work? And uh, also just uh, here at Novo meeting a lot of people that has actually been to some of the meetups that I've organized, uh, which is quite funny. Uh, because it's people that I actually haven't met <laughs> or remember having met. Uh, so that, that's quite funny that you can bump into so many people that uh, have been part of a meetup that you've organized. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, let's let's pass on the question about how uh, uh, being part of a community has helped you professionally. Uh, what about you, Paul? Has has it helped you? I think I'll, I'll just have to uh, go back to exactly what you said, network, 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 network. And um, not only that, but uh, I think you guys as organizers um, for for um, various communities and such, like uh, I would have to add that it, it also tells people a lot about you, um, like how... Um, how you approach things, uh, the, the the level of um, you know ownership um, and uh, getting out of the comfort zone and so on. Like, there's so much things you uh, learn from the people that 
that not only are part of the community but also drive communities right and of course like um it, it yeah again when you when you grow a community it, it's yeah, you you also tend to form like a roster right of, of like the drivers in the community and then those are the the people that you kind of uh, they, they inherit um everything f from the previous um organizers and so on so it's, it's this cycle um uh, to me like just to, to kind of uh, summarize um professionally i learned a lot on the technical level i started um, when i was a junior developer to go to these uh, meetups and uh, here i am <laughs> and uh, yeah network it's it's a big 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 help um and also what i think i find uh, very gratifying is the fact that i uh, i feel like i'm helping others as well yeah good point what about you mario yes uh more than like what rephrasing like directly definitely network and um and uh uh in the professional right point of view um definitely i want to go back to the let's say that we need to remember that in the end the community is something that we don't pay for or it's like it i don't want people to think that we we are there because of our out of our interest in the sense of like like to create a network like that that's indirectly benefit that happen in a in a natural way like the most important is like you are there because you're having fun that you want you you in a professional way i think that i could speak with others about what I really want to talk, I wanted to talk about a topic with other developers that were interested in that topic. And I found a community where I could actually, you know, like spread that part of myself. I couldn't, but focusing on your question, that is more professional level. Let's put this way. When Polymer, that is uh, basically the first time that someone put a library using web components, that is from the triple W, actually, it's not from Google. Uh, like Polymer was the first library that actually tried to implement, <laughs> tried to implement web components. And I was in the, I was giving a workshop in the, <laughs> about uh, the alpha version of Polymer. So imagine how much impact that grew. I, I was a uh, deep learning, uh, you know, like machine learning, more like deep down, like like more getting closer to hardware, like more actually compilers. And uh, somehow I ended very good at being a front ender because I just from exposing that into the community and people challenging me and like, hey, let's gonna talk about this. Oh, that sounds cool. That helped me to grow in a professional level where my, my actually my scope is very, very wide until the point that actually people, uh, I was a lecturer at the university. And part of that is because I was so involved in the community in Copenhagen that actually people, hey, I know this guy. And <laughs> you never know, you, you, you would never know actually. So, uh, it helped me a lot in the professional and also to speak up, to be able to be comfortable to to organize things that you can apply that to anything. That that could be my my kind of experience. But always remember having fun, definitely have it, enjoying what you do in the professional personal level. I think that that is very important. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, I guess we can end with uh, one final question, and and maybe we should uh, challenge ourselves to to just have one answer or one thing uh, to the question of uh, what is the most important part of running a developer community? So if you can say one thing, Sherry, what is the most important thing about running a developer community? 
passion. Yeah, Paul? Like I said previously, helping others. Yeah, Mario? I, I don't want to copy the one with Cherry, so I, I, I would say joy. Yeah, like, let's get no private joy. Like, you have to find joy in what you do, right? Like, to, to keep it going. Yes. You do it for fun. And Martin, yeah. yourself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, then I will say people. That's an amazing way to uh, to end the podcast, I think. And for that, we'll, we'll leave it there. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast, live from St. Helens. I want to take this opportunity to thank Paul, to thank Sherry, to thank Mario, and of course, to thank Morton for not only their fantastic topics, but also their insights. And I really hope that everyone who's listened to this has thoroughly enjoyed it. And let me know if you want a part two, because I'm sure these guys will want to get back together, um, maybe even in person, who knows, at one of these meetups. <laughs> However, if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, we have uh, multiple topics in the pipeline. Uh, you can reach out to myself on LinkedIn or via email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. But for now, see you next time.